Welcome to Active Discourse, the multi-platform technology podcast. I'm Brett, the gesture navigator of the show. And I'm Bo, the button navigator of the show. And we have a lot to talk about today because we're finally going to talk about the Apple event and then what decision I decided to make since the Apple event. But first, entering into follow-up, I want to tell you all that my app, Sneaker Tracker, is available in the iOS App Store now. And in a month or two, we'll talk more about, you know, what the what the process was to develop it. Maybe we'll do a code review and what's next for sneaker tracker and what's next for my iOS app development story. But for now, if you want to see it, you need iOS 15. And I just want to preface it that essentially it's an app that I made for myself, but you know, if the rest of the world wants to use it, go for it, have fun. It's very specific to essentially my need where I wanted to track how many miles my shoes were accumulating. And so it's essentially a a log of workouts and then you can assign those workouts to the shoes you use. And then you can see different stats like how many miles you've run, obviously, how many steps you've taken, what's your average stride and a few other fun things. And it's going to grow a little bit over time, but that's basically all it does. It's simple app, but go ahead, check it out if you want to see it. All right. That's awesome. I'm going to get it on Stephanie's phone for sure. Right. That's the only way you'd be able to see it. So yeah, let me know if you find any bugs. I'm new to this. So I think the weirdest thing, and this is just kind of a preview to our, our story. I did find a bug on Margo's phone, but I found it in after it was deployed to the app store. For whatever reason, when I replicated it 100%, off of my Mac onto her phone. So not install it from the app store onto her phone, but install it from my Mac to her phone. The bug doesn't exist. But when I use the deployed version and the one on my Mac and the deployed version are one and one, they're identical to each other. For whatever reason, the test development doesn't have the bug, but the live production does. I have, it's blown my mind. That's disturbing. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's dumb. And it's only on her phone as well because my phone doesn't have that bug. When I load her configuration onto my phone on the deployed version, it doesn't happen. So it's very particular to her iPhone SE and not my not my iPhone in which I'm using and I'm not going to spoil it yet. So anyway, <laughs> more on that later. All right. A few weeks later now, since we last spoke, you have a Galaxy Fold 3, and you've had it now for f- almost a month now, I bet, right? How are you, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, re- actually, like right on a month. I got it on August 25th, so a month and a day as of time of recording. It continues to be awesome. I pretty much use it exactly how I previously said I use it, which is a lot of times I'm using the cover screen folded. And whenever I've got uh, something I want to like a picture, I want to see bigger or go through pictures or just really do anything where I want more screen real estate. A lot of fantasy football going on right now. So I can pull up all the stats from my uh, three different leagues that I found myself in this year (laughs) and just a smattering of other things that works really well. And I can pull up on the big screen and folding and unfolding is really convenient. And I'm, Really loving the phone so far. I got my, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, I got myself a better case. The case that I got from Samsung was like a folio, like flip cover. I don't recommend it. (laughs) I don't like Samsung's flip cases because there's no flap or magnet to keep the 
front cover from just flopping around. So it was just kind of getting in the way and you couldn't like easily fold it back. I just, I really was not liking it. And I just went on uh, Amazon and got myself a cheap $10 case for now to get away from that one. And it's actually a pretty nice case, but I'm, I'm waiting for a Spigen case to come out that has a pen slot. And then I'm going to give that a try because I can keep the pen on me at all times and then probably use the pen more. So more to come on that. Yeah, I remember back uh, when the LG Voyager and whatnot was out, there were cases available for that phone, and it it is not obviously the same phone, but it has kind of the same clamshell design, and cases for clamshell phones is a much harder thing to do than just for a small slab. So I, I'm curious to see if case manufacturers come up with some new innovations for cases in this new generation of foldables are indeed going to take off, because... We're going to need it. Yeah, a lot of the ones for the folds have been basically you slide it on to each half. And obviously, because of the cover screen, one of them is only just kind of a hollow rim around the edges. And the other side has an actual back on it. And most of them have adhesive because they can slide off the phone. I I haven't actually used the adhesive on this one, so I don't want to say they slide off easily, but they can move around a little bit just because there's not a lot to grip onto. It only has three sides, really, and it has to allow for the hinge to open and close. So this one, it's a cheap case, and it's been working well, but uh, once, once I get the Spigen, that one I think... It probably will have better build quality. Spigen's Spigen's been a a good brand for me for cases in the past, so hopefully this one knocks that out of the park. How do apps flip back and forth between the outside screen and the inside screen? So I'm thinking ESPN's Fantasy app. Do you use it on the outside screen much to kind of triage players and scores and whatnot, or uh, does it look like crap on the outside screen? I do use it on the outside screen, Although I I don't like ESPN's fantasy app in particular, but that aside, it does work there. The only thing is like if because it's such a narrow screen, if I want to look at a matchup, I can see it all, but it's it's a little tight because it's a narrow screen. I can see all the information, but it is helpful when I open up unfolded. And when I do that, it just switches. Although in ESPN's case, the fantasy app just did it and it does reload the view. So not all apps do that. Some of them just switch and there's not any kind of reloading that happens. Hmm. I guess just in ESPN's case, it does. Uh, But most of them switch fairly seamlessly. So continues to be great. And I'm, I am very much loving this purchase. And speaking of that, hey, that's a segue. We have an Apple event to talk about. <laughs> so, Yes, we do. So a couple of weeks ago now, at this point, there was an Apple event. It's mostly an iPhone event, but I'm going to briefly touch on a few things that occurred at the Apple event. So first up, there's a standard iPad update. It's one of the cheapest tablets out there. Uh, it's pretty hard to not recommend. It's, it's fast, regardless of price. It's a simple update. It's a good update. Didn't really get much changes, but, you know, that price is right freaking there. We've talked about tablets on this show, but I don't know how much we've talked about the very baseline iPad. And imagine you have people in your your life that have this iPad. What are your thoughts on this cheapest iPad available? Not necessarily uh, anyone, just I, the existence of it. I don't know if I know anybody who specifically has this iPad. I, I Obviously, I know people who have iPads. I, I like 
where this iPad sits for price, I like the segment it sits in. All the features are are perfect for people who are going to be getting an, uh, a tablet, just any tablet at that price. You can't do much better. Samsung has a couple tablets that sit in this area. They have Tab S7 Lite, I believe, was the last one, or... If they did a light on the S7, I don't recall. But Samsung would be really the only competitor in this space. I would actually Um, say that Amazon's Fire tablets are also its closest competitor. Those could maybe be in there as well. Yeah, I would say Apple and then Samsung and then at a fairly comfortable distance would be amazon's fire tablets so i yeah i think i think this this price point for the ipad is is about as good as you can do around that around that price segment Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a sweet thing and easy to recommend it honestly anyone and even randomly i'm like i wonder what i could do with a just a a smaller ipad and just for like couch browsing or whatnot and i I never end up getting it but that brings me to the next ipad that they updated which is the ipad mini and this is really cool the ipad mini got a huge update because now it looks much more like the ipad air that was updated just last year where they put a fingerprint sensor in the top power button and then it has it now has dual dual speakers on both sides which is great that's the first time it's ever come to the mini and they shrunk the they shrunk certain dimensions of it it is now a three by two display instead of a four by three display which is i think the direction that all ipads are going to start to go in and yeah it's a nice little device it doesn't have face id yet which is probably the only bummer that i have i guess another bummer is that they raise the price by a hundred bucks but i don't know i mean i think if you need an ipad mini there's nothing else out there quite like it. This is in a very interesting device, and it might be one of the only in this category because it has the latest A15 processor, the same that is seems relatively rare for iPads because typically iPads get like the previous generation's iPad or uh, processor, but this year and last year, they both got the top of the line processor. So that's it's very interesting. You had a Nexus 7 a few years back. I This is I roughly the same size. And what are your thoughts on an iPad for yourself that's a small one that just kind of lives and breathes nearby you whenever you want it to be? I, at, at this size, it would be tough a tough sell because it would have to be a larger tablet, I think, to differentiate because I have a Z Fold 3. So. Yeah, true that already unfolds to be pretty close to the size of an iPad mini. It's like a little less than two inches difference. I think this is still, it's noticeable. It's not like they're the exact same size or anything, but I think at that size, I could get a lot of the utility just out of my phone that I would on an iPad mini. Whereas a bigger tablet, like the tab S six that I already have, it differentiates itself a little more and has more screen real estate to deal with. But I, I, do like a lot of things about this iPad. For one, I really like the fingerprint sensor being in the power button because that's where it is on the Z Fold 3 and it's amazing. And I wish all phones did that now that I've had it. And I also like the bigger dual speakers because I also have that and having that on every device would be fantastic. 
some at some point we're gonna reevaluate on the show how we use our iPad, how we use our tablets these days. I don't think that this device would replace my large iPad explicitly because of the fact that I use my iPad Pro for audio editing. I edit this podcast on the iPad Pro and it's definitely doable. I I follow Jason Snell and he posted a uh, quick demo of how he edited his show on the iPad mini and it's doable. Uh, it looks like a terrible experience though. So for that reason alone, I don't think this iPad mini would replace my iPad pro in the future. But that said, it is a very tempting looking device. And honestly, if it was roughly the same price as the lower end iPad, I actually might've already bought one because I think I could find something to do with it. And if it was like it, if it was a cheap device, it would be an insta buy. So for me, I think I have a folding phone. I, I think this one now with the price increase, especially it kind of sits in a weird little space where it's kind of expensive, but is small uh, and portable and has pencil support, but doesn't have the smart connector. So you could still use like a Bluetooth, Bluetooth peripherals, but like, the, the keyboards, I think, that maybe would have otherwise been compatible aren't. And so the the multitasking would still be good because I, I think Apple's done some good stuff and you, you know more about that for sure. But the, the multitasking improvements they've made to iPad OS in the last couple of years is making these better productivity devices. But I, I think it sits in a weird space just because it's more expensive now, but isn't yeah it, it's an interesting device but i do know that it has a very specific audience for it and i don't know i don't think i fall into that i did briefly after this event and we'll get on into the iphones momentarily here but briefly after this event i was a little disappointed with the iphones that came out and i was toying with the idea of replacing my iphone with an ipad mini <laughs> and i got to the point where i took a measuring tape to see how big back pants pocket are and compare that to how wide the width of the mini was. And it's unfortunately too big. I can't fit this. I don't have big enough back pants pockets to fit an iPad mini in it. But <laughs> Sounds I like almost, you need some Jenko jeans. Yeah, I almost, that would be a lot of fun too. <laughs> the thing, the, and the reason why I was thinking about that is because of the fact that uh, it bothers me that the larger iPhones don't take advantage of the larger screen in a way that they probably could whereas an ipad mini has ipad os it has a different designed os and it works differently you have multi panes mm-hmm. everywhere basically and you don't get anything like that you don't really get a t- the ipad the iphone mini experience is pretty dang close to the iphone pro or the iphone pro max experience the ui is really similar and what i really want is if i'm going to get a bigger phone i want to have more ui so yep. let's get, let's let's get on into that because I'm going to skip the Apple Watch because it's a funny story. The rumor mill failed the Apple Watch. There's hardly anything that changed on the Apple Watch, and that was unexpected. But not much changed with the Apple Watch. So let's move on. iPhones. I want to remind folks here what's at stake. I love my iPhone 12 Mini, and after a year of using it, I have grown disappointed with the battery life. Just last week, before the iPhones new iPhones were released. This was top of mind because I was using it a lot and I was on conference calls and whatnot. And several days a week while I was using it with 
work and whatnot, and I had to charge my phone multiple times per day last week when I was using my iPhone heavily, and that really sucked. I love my iPhone mini because it it's comfortable in my hand. It doesn't hurt my hand to hold it. It's super light. Cameras are fine and it's, it's cheap, but I'm upgrading this year because I need a new battery. So I'm going to talk about some updates and I'm going to order them in orders of importance. Brilliant. So first, all of them have a smaller notch and honestly, functionally, it's no different. Do you, do you even notice that there's a smaller notch given that you don't have a notch on your phone? Yeah, I have no notch. I have a punch hole on the cover display and I have an under under display camera on the inside. We I actually have never had a phone with a notch. Different. Yeah. Looking at the iPhones, do you notice that it's any different at all? I no, not particularly. Yeah. A notch is a notch. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it like you know the biggest complaint that people have is that the battery can't still can't display the percentage and people want the battery percentage and i I agree it'd be nice to have but yeah like the notch shrunk but who cares so moving on next up is cameras the cameras changed and this is a big change i'm going to start with detailing what changed in the pro cameras and you'll see why i started the pro cameras first good yeah before you get into this i just have to state the obvious i feel like the cameras are where the money's made on the iphones because the cameras improve pretty noticeably from generation to generation and it's become the thing that not just for apple or the iphone but every manufacturer of smartphones the camera is the thing that they spend the most time on in all of their announcement presentations yeah yeah and that's because of the fact that people use these as their primary cameras people aren't buying Mm -hmm. dedicated cameras much these days so pro cameras got a the pro cameras got a lot of changes. The main camera. So last year, the big story was that there was sensor sensor shift in the largest iPhone you could buy. And so this year, every main camera on every iPhone got that, which is sweet. Sensor shift is very hard to miniaturize. It's pretty standard on pro level cameras. Like my small uh, mirrorless camera has one, but I know that when I was reading up on it, people were impressed that Sony could fit a small sensor shift in that body. And Apple was able to fit it inside a phone. So that's that's wild. Yeah. That and I'm not familiar with it, but I'm assuming it's a you need physical space for some mechanical thing, right? Yeah. Basically the camera sensor is on it's either magnets or it is on a uh, spring system. And the goal is that if you move, if you shake your hand, the magnets or the springs are probably a combination of the both. Keep the sensor in a single spot so that it reduces shake. And this oh, is yeah. Good. Yeah. And that's really good for low light s- situations. So Gotcha. Um, so it's a stabilization. Yeah, exactly. Tech. Okay. Cool. Magnets, man. How do they work? Yeah. Main camera got a lot of updates and that is probably the biggest one. Takes in a little bit more light, updated lens system. It's it's nice. Telephoto, that has more reach now. So previously it was a 2.5x on the large one, 2x on the s- small pro. It's now 3x across the board. It takes in a little less light than last year, so it will result in darker photos in dark light. I think that this is probably the least exciting update of them all this year. So, moving on from the telephoto. The biggest update this year is the ultra wide lens. So, ultra wide lens was new to the iPhone in 2019 and it has gone 
unchanged ever since. And the ultra-wide was a neat trick in the previous cameras, but it worked very poorly in low light. It has a ton of distortion. I, I don't know how common crazy distortion is across the industry, but I was basically, if you are too far away from center, you the, the subject was distorted like crazy. That's common with ultra wide lenses, but at the same time, it was pretty bad on the 11 series all the way through 12. And so this new camera that they put in the ultra, ultra wide is aimed to fix all that. Uh, distortion might be fixed, especially given all of the next changes that are take, that they've applied. It takes in a lot more light and it also happens to have autofocus. The previous one didn't have autofocus and I don't know if this blows you way but last year's and the previous year's ultra wide lens had no autofocus it also adds in a new capability which is macro photography so that basically means that think about it as it's not this but think like microscope if you could put like a camera on a microscope and then put your phone up to something really put your phone up to something and try to take a photo of it previously it would be blurred because you can't focus on anything less than like probably two inches away but now you can i think get up to about like two centimeters away and it's impressive it's a cool idea and i'm curious to give it a shot i'm gonna actually order a lens on lens rentals to try out a macro lens on my a7c versus this camera and see how it goes yeah that would be really cool to see a combo kind of or a, a comparison against a dedicated mm-hmm. camera yeah uh, and I'm sure someone's already done it, but I want to do it too. So we'll we'll talk more about that later. So, yeah, and I'm I'm much more interested in seeing yours. <laughs> yeah, fair. fair enough. So yeah, the ultra wide <laughs> is probably the biggest change this year, and uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. That's for sure. So on the cameras, last thing on the cameras, the standard line didn't really get a ton of updates. The main camera got sensor shift. It looks like the main camera on the standard line has the the same camera from the max last year so that's impressive that they could fit in a smaller device like the mini but at the same time it's not really that interesting because it's pretty much exactly what they had last year and then ultra wide it does not actually sound like they changed the ultra wide on the 13 pros or sorry on the 13 standard line at all so that's a bummer okay lastly on the cameras is cinematic mode and i'm thinking that this is going to be a gimmick But basically what cinematic mode is, it's portrait mode for video. And when you see the demonstration from Apple, it looks like you now can take a video and be more like a director where when you're focusing on someone and then someone turns their head, it then automatically changes focus to the person that they're looking at. First of all, I disagree with that entirely. Yeah, I disagree with the concept that a phone can do that. I think they can... Sorry, I'm going to disagree with the utility of this because life just isn't a movie. (laughs) Like, rarely are you taking a video of like a conversation one is that conversation interesting two are you going to have a dramatic moment where the camera can recognize hey i need to change change the focus to someone else and i don't know like i think what's going to happen more frequently is the camera is going to make a decision to throw focus somewhere else and it's going to be totally wrong and it's going to 
kind of ruin the sh- the shot. The only reason why I say kind of is because of the fact that you can turn that off in settings after the fact and completely restore it. So all these decisions are made programmatically and non-destructively. Right. So you can just remove it. So that's that's great. Right. But I think it's mostly a gimmick. That's that's the way the the current portrait mode for photos works. I'm pretty sure on iPhones because that's the way it worked on on my uh, Galaxy S9 and the Z Fold Three. Sure. You can change how strong the background blur is, and, and you can also um, in this case you can totally remove it. By the way, like you can right. just completely get rid of it entirely. Yeah, I, I don't know how. I think I'm with you a little bit, but I also think it's going to be, it has the potential to be used in interesting ways. Some of the just examples I could think of is say you're, uh, say you go out to see some landmark and you've got your, your kid and I could see somebody lining up a shot focused on the landmark at first and then changing focus to, to the kid's face and just, you know, I think that would be a good way to show, at least in that case, the way the kid is enjoying seeing this huge landmark or this waterfall or whatever, or, you know, any kind of scenario like that, maybe where you're showing off two different things. I don't think it's necessarily something we're going to see people marking up the floor so people can stand in a line and then you can change focus between them like directors and cinematography in shows or movies but i think it'll be used in some interesting ways and the fact that you can change it after the fact after filming i think that gives it some utility back yeah that's that is definitely nicer i do come back to the concept that i upgraded cameras this year because of the fact that my previous camera couldn't focus on my wife's face and I don't feel like I'm alone in that concept that people want their cameras to focus on the right subject at the right time. And I feel like enough people will see this focus on the wrong spot or it just looks like crap. And they're just like, eh, screw that. I'm not, it, they might just try it out once or twice and then just give up on it entirely. But yeah, it, it could result in some very interesting TikToks. And if someone can use it in that situation where like a kid brings home a, like you bring home a puppy for the kid or something like that, that, that'd be a very interesting idea. Hopefully it executes it. I don't really have a ton of confidence that it can do it, but it's interesting. It's it's um, a fun, it, exciting feature. It, it all depends yeah. on how it shakes out, though. Obviously, yeah, it'll it'll evolve over the years as well, and hopefully, hopefully, there's some good machine learning that is going on in the background there. Okay, moving on. So displays are a pretty big deal this year as well. So this, first of all, all displays are better. The standard line is has a brighter display. It can get up to 800 nits now. Previously, it only can get up to 500 nits, and the Pro line can get up to 1,000 nits, whereas previously it can only get up to 800. So they've both of them got an upgrade, which is great. And basically what that means is that if you're in bright light, the phone can now compensate and display bright enough so that it can kind of overpower the direct sunlight that's hitting it. And so that's a good update all around. I can't remember what the brightness is of yours, but do you have issues with seeing your phone out in bright daylight? None at all. 1200 nits for the Z Fold 3. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So welcome change all around. I know that I did kind of run into brightness issues with my iPhone 12 mini. So all around nice update. And then the pro line does have variable refresh rate. And let's talk about that in regards to battery life. So both all all models have more battery and it can be genericized as this. The small model of each has 1.5 hours more of battery. The big model of each has 2.5 hours more of battery. That's sweet. How do they do it? They get bigger batteries in there. 
And then the pro models also have variable Whoa, refresh rate. dude. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Uh, high refresh rate. Imagine <laughs> that. So, first of all, obviously, just recapping how variable refresh rate works, the you get more refresh rate when you have motion. So if you're scrolling or if you're switching apps, everything's a little bit more fluid. But then the alternative is in videos, for example, video most videos are filmed in 24 frames per second or 30 frames per second. It's overkill to refresh the display 60 times if the image is only going to change 30 times. No reason to do it more times, so it just doesn't. And that, which blows me away, apparently that there enough is enough to result in a battery savings. Like the the 12 Pro gets, I think it gets roughly twice the battery life of last year's model because of the fact it when you are looking at explicitly video in streaming. That blows me away that it gets so much more battery life explicitly because of the fact of it has a variable refresh rate. So that's pretty cool. Typically when manufacturers put in a high refresh rate display, it results in less battery life, not more. So maybe they're ready for that and that's why they put the bigger batteries in these. Until we yeah. get better battery tech, which I can't, I feel like I've been hearing for like 20 years. We're we're right on the the verge of break it, having breakthrough battery technology. It's gonna last twenty times as long as lithium ion, and it's gonna last so much longer. Well, here we are. Graphene, so, right? <laughs> well, yeah, graphene and however many other battery tech proposals there's been none of them come to fruition quite yet so <laughs> this is yeah. the best we can do for now just making the current ones last longer so that's Bigger great and heavier yeah more on graphene later it's it's an interesting technology for sure so that's honestly the biggest changes year over year they look identical they in a previous world this would be considered the 12s but hey you know we're calling it the 13 because that's what they're calling it so you should make a guess what phone i got Oh man, I I think you went. I think you went all out. I think you got the top of the line, oh. the iPhone 13 Pro. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. The 13 Pro or the 13 Pro Max? Oh, I was thinking Pro Max, top of the line. Okay. All right, all right. So let's rule out the 13 Pro Max, and I ah. tell you the reason why I'm ruling out the 13 Pro Max is because. It's a heavy boy. Oh, yeah. Yep, I bet. And it's expensive. Yeah. Good good guess, though. So that's the only reason why I didn't just went with with that. It would be an interesting device, um, (laughs) especially if they had more technology that would take advantage of the larger screen. So one down. What's the next one? There's three more to go. I I would think I would just go down the line and think you got the Pro. Ah, there you go. All right. So I did get the iPhone 13 Pro. All right. I probably gave this away by putting this in the show notes, but what's gone through my head over the last week is I'm selling my, I got rid of my 12 mini because of the fact that it's battery life bothered me. And the 13 mini was top line to me, especially because of the fact that it got more battery life. But unless reviews come out saying that it has absolutely crazy good battery life, it felt like a half measure going to Breaking Bad terms where don't just resort to taking a half measure, take a whole measure. Don't if, if I want to fix my problem, I need to actually fix the damn problem. And I can't go all the way up to the Pro Max, but the Pro, the 13 Pro definitely gets a lot more battery than the 12 standard or the 13 standard. And 
it gets a lot more battery life than the 13 mini, but I don't think I need like two and a half day long battery like the Pro Max will give me. So that is what I went with. And now, what color do you think Sweet. I got? Oh man, colors, that one's probably uh, a little harder. Black, there's white, there's blue, there's gold. I don't think you got the gold. I think blue? I did not get blue. White. Three more colors. I did not get white. <laughs> black. <laughs> I did not get black. Crap, you got the gold, didn't you? <laughs> I got the gold. Um, I was sad to get rid of my Series 6 last year because I loved the Series 6, the gold Series 6. It was absolutely fantastic. And so in using this gold phone, the rails are all stainless steel. And I I like it because it's very pretty, but boy, oh boy, they get smudged up hard and fast. It's really ugly when it's when all my fingerprints are all over it. So eventually I'm going to be getting a leather case for it, but for now I'm enjoying the gold stainless steel sides and wiping it off frequently. So battery life is killer though, man. And I got to say the high refresh rate display, that was the original reason why I got the 12 mini last year was because I was always intending to upgrade this year so I could get the high refresh rate. I kind of forgot over the year how much that would matter because I love the 12 mini size so much but the refresh rate is pretty nice it's very nice I bet you're enjoying that too since you just upgraded to a high refresh rate display yeah it's fantastic it really is so in the meantime let's close this out with picks huh yeah since we've both got new phones let's go into picks (laughs) yeah mine is not my pick is not a phone It's no, it's a yeah, it's a laptop. It's from a new company called Frame. You may have heard of it recently. They've been making some waves. They they are coming. They have released over this summer, and I think they've start just started to ship in the last month or so. A new laptop, the Framework laptop, and it it builds itself as uh, basically a kind of a DIY laptop and uh, self-repairable. Like you can, you can modularize it and repair it yourself. And it's very easy to do so, very cheap to do so. It, uh, it caught the attention of uh, a couple people who are big on YouTube, one of which I knew, uh, which is Linus from Linus mm-hmm. Tech Tips. He, it caught his attention and he ended up investing in the company and is a big proponent of it. This company framework they are big proponents of repair it yourself and legislation surrounding that and it just looks like a, a great product it's they basically it's a 13 and a half inch laptop um, that you can upgrade customize and repair yourself and starts at 999 dollars or you can start at 749 and customize a bunch of the pieces of it. The CPU, the OS, the Wi-Fi chip, the storage, the memory. You can get stuff that they have on their website themselves. Or you can say, I'm going to get my own piece for this, for storage or memory or whatever. And so it just, I, I really like the fact that it's still a minimal, well-built laptop, but is repairable and not exorbitantly expensive. Yeah. This is the laptop you should get to replace yours if you uh, absolutely have to in order to get Windows 11. Because this is probably one of the most exciting laptops other than maybe the Surface Laptop Studio that we'll talk about. Yeah, this this thing's sick. Uh, I, I, I saw a teardown on iFixit, and I think this is the only, one of the only products they've ever 
correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the only product they've ever given a 10 out of 10 repairability to because you can repair everything because <laughs> you build yeah, it yourself. Yeah, you might you be really right. Want to. It's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, this is this thing's amazing. I love it. Yeah, the only thing that would hold me back from getting one is that it's 13 and a half inches. Because I, I currently have a 15 inch and that's a little smaller. So I, I don't know if they maybe mm. did a bigger one, like a 15 inch. I don't know. It depends. I might be able to do a smaller screen. It is smaller than my current laptop. But even so, everything else about it is like perfect for uh, a laptop manufacturer. So really hoping that this thing does well and that the company continues to do well. They, they look like they're off to a hell of a start. So... Uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing more from them. Yeah, that's. By the way, you can find them. You can find them at Frame dot Work. All right, uh, my pick is an app uh, or a Safari extension actually called Stop the Madness. So new to iOS 15, you can install full browser extensions on your iPhone or your iPad or your Mac. And so full Safari extensions that that most people use like Adblock Plus or something like that for Safari extensions. This is kind of an expansion of that, where uh, the idea is this app is trying to tear out some of the bad practices marketers add into their websites to drive engagement or to get clicks or to, you know, probably honestly, uh, mine for Bitcoin, you know, make the browsing experience a little bit lighter. Uh, maybe if, uh, some of these JavaScript extensions never existed. And so that's kind of what this thing is aiming to do. It's aiming to turn off some of these browser extensions, uh, some of these, uh, JavaScript extensions. So one thing that the top of mind that everyone should be interested in, it turns off autoplay videos, stops them dead. Love it. Also on videos uh, on websites where it has like a custom built video player for that website. Yuck. Uh, it strips video out that video machine out and replaces it with the native iOS video viewer, which is way better. It gives you access to picture in picture. It gives you access to, you know, scan 15 seconds forward or backwards, etc. It, it's great. It also forces links to load in their original tabs so that you don't have constantly new and new, more and more and more and more new tabs. It stops those little pop-ups that says, are you sure you want to leave this site? We're going to give you an extra 15% off if you want it. Stops those. Stops clickjacking on search results, on Gmail, on Facebook. It removes a variety of tracking parameters. I've used it not a ton just yet, but I can already tell that it's working pretty well for me. I like it, and it's called Stop the Madness. It is not free. As the developer on the show, I will have to tell you that, you know, sometimes developers should get paid for their work, and so it's a $7.99 app. I assure you, you've all paid more for a burger than $7.99. So I bought it, and I'm excited about it. Does it have a trial of any sort? That is a problem with Apple, because there is no such thing as trials in the iOS app store. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> the, okay. Which is the other side of my developer hat, which is, boy, oh boy, it'd be nice if there was the ability to have a trial. The way most developers do trials is by having in-app purchase. So it's a free app, and then in which case you have an in-app purchase where you pay like seven ninety nine right. to unlock the whole app. It's kind of shitty, though, because most people don't really like that either because they're like, hey, I got me a free app. And then in which case they get in, they're like, sorry, in order to use this, you have to pay us. That's not great. I think a free trial would be a really good thing for Apple to implement but you know 15 years in they haven't done it yet who knows when they're gonna do it 
Hey, well, it gives them it gives them something to shoot for. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> a low hanging fruit that they have to do at some point. So, yeah, and maybe some legislation will force them to make some changes. Who knows? There's a lot of legislation going on around uh, app stores these days. So, hopefully, that's something that's in the pipeline. So. Anyway, closing closing this out. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to share any feedback or questions or topic suggestions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. We are at Active Discourse. And also, just throwing it out there, feel free to subscribe. Uh, if you like hearing our voice, if you like hearing us continue to talk about phones, uh, next time we're going to be talking about the Microsoft event. We're going to be talking about the Surface Duo. Our boy Bo now has kind of a skin in the game because he himself has a foldable phone, and so we're, we're going to be curious to see his thoughts on the Surface Duo 2. And then Microsoft also announced a very interesting new laptop studio, which is a very interesting looking device as well. So Yeah, fun little hinge on there. We love hinges. So we're all going to kind of talk about that in just about a week or two. So you should hear us more roughly around the time that Windows 11 launches. So until then, thank you for listening and stay safe. See you in the next one.